What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the first installment of Top Shelf Talk, brought to you by SportsMe. Go and download the app SportsMe and battle all of the users regarding the sport that we're going to talk about on this app, on this podcast, which is hockey. So uh, it is the day after the final game of the season, game six of the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Tampa Bay Lightning pulled out the win to win the whole cup. And now we're going to talk about um, the after effect, the off season, what exactly is going to happen in regarding to the off season. Um, so Bosco, you can take it away with your segment. All right. Well, start off with the off season. I want to say bold statement. I think an offer sheet's going to be thrown out to some RFA this off season. It'll be pretty interesting to see, but uh, I think, I think it'll be bars out, but time will tell. <clears throat> and we also got the draft coming up on Tuesday. Got some uh, prospects we're going to talk about. But before I hop into that, congratulations to the Lightning. I'm a Ranger fan. I am so happy for Ryan McDonough. Those guys deserved it. They're a hell of a team. They work their butts off day in and day out, and it's very hard to play in a bubble away from your entire family for that long. And to come out on top must make it feel worth it for them. Got anything to say, James? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it was very cool for the Lightning um, and an era where you look at sports and you question if coaches are going to be able to get over the hump. Uh, John Cooper started coaching the Lightning in 2013. He was a guy who went to the conference finals twice and lost the Stanley Cup once and they won the President's Trophy and got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. So I'm guessing Lightning fans and people in the organization had to question is Cooper going to be the guy? And for him to finally get the Stanley Cup victory was very good. Yeah, just to add on to that too, like uh, winning the President's Trophy and then getting swept, people really questioned how much integrity that they had. And also me and Bosco, Ranger fans, we literally half of the team came from the Rangers at some point (laughs) or like a third. So um, I think it was really, really great to see a a lot of the guys that kind of grew up with the Rangers and then kind of moved on to Tampa. I mean, we've done a lot of trades with them. So, um, but it was really amazing to see them kind of win the cup finally. And, and probably this was probably the hardest year to win the cup just because of the bubble and everything else that Bosco just said. So. Yeah. I mean, going to be curious going forward what this team can do but in the past years you always look at one or two players where it's like they deserve a cup you know we're all going to look at Alex Ovechkin's legacy differently if Ovechkin doesn't have a cup on his resume and he did and then last year you know the Blues to finally get their cup as a team was unbelievable but also you know Alex Petrangelo needed a cup he's one of the best defensemen in the league and if he didn't have a cup it wouldn't mean anything so this year easily Steven Stamkos needs his cup and it was nice for Stamkos to finally get one. But also Nikita Kucherov, you know, the year he had last year with the stats that you could see that he had and what he was able to accomplish, you know, some of these guys, unfortunately, you need a championship to back up their legacy. And thankfully, Stamkos and Kucherov have that. Stammer deserved every second of that. He didn't play until game what was the game three came in, played the first period, had a shift, and then that the rest of the game. But – that guy's a legend. I, like, he, yes, he deserved the cup and it would help his resume, but I felt like he was going to be in the Hall of Fame anyways. And to speak on that also, Henrik Lundqvist, it's a rough one, but he 
always want someone that, that deserves it, but you're never always going to get them. Some go down history as the guy who was great and just never got it. And Stamkos is not going to be on that list. And even guys like Hedman as well, Kucherov. Braden Point gets one early in his career, and I could probably say safely he's going to probably have at least another one. That team's good. That team's young. They got a lot of talent built around them. And, hey, uh, Stevie Y did it for them. Now he can maybe do it for Detroit and bring them back. It'd be nice, you know, being a Red Wings fan, being a Detroit sports fan right now, you almost, like, look at your television and want to, like, shoot it with a shotgun. It's so bad lately. But, you know, maybe Stevie Y can do something because, frankly, he was a big part of that Tampa Bay Stanley Cup regardless of him leaving years ago. He's the one who bought all that stuff together. But more importantly, Stevie Y is a great, great person to draft. Those players that he was able to draft with his time in Tampa Bay was amazing. And some guys you could even question. So the hope is that he's able to draft really well. He's got the fourth pick this year. You can't mess it up. I mean, you can't because the wings have been terrible for a while. The playoff streak ended years ago. We haven't been back since. And now last year with getting the absolute worst record in the league, you have the fourth pick. Enough complaining about not getting number one or two. Give me a great pick at four. His, his time is now to show what he can do. And this draft is deep, especially within the top five, top ten. They got some guys who can be studs. And even outside of that, they got some other players who can be studs right out of there, even at the end of the first round. They got a lot of players. I wouldn't say the defense is too great on the first round. Uh, got, there's some guys that keep in mind that are all right, but some that are just like a little bit overhyped in my opinion. But at four, they're going to get someone who's going to probably change, help change that franchise for the good and uh, probably be a sweet or something. You know, that's usually how it goes. I mean, for you two Ranger fans, you have to be excited for Alexi. But the bottom line question is, how much is he going to be able to make an impact with the team you guys have now? It's tough. Like, you just look at that lineup and, like, they already got a pretty good top six. They're, they had the best power play I have ever seen a Rangers team have. And they they weren't. They weren't making a cup run, which we all knew. No one was getting it over their head, really. But, like, he'll slide in. They'll figure it out. It'll be some mixed matching. David Quinn's good with switching up lines mid-games or even, like, just throughout the season. He's not a Lambigno who, as we've seen through the playoffs, didn't touch anything and Philly lost. But <clears throat> he'll fit in there. He'll squeeze around. He'll, probably, he'll get power play minutes. He's a great player. He fits everywhere on the ice. He's – Two-way forward who's got the entire package. He can play defense great, especially as a winger. You don't see too many wingers with the defensive skills he has. And he flies up and down the wing. He's got good speed. The kid's got incredible hands, good shot. And the hockey sense, hockey IQ is just unreal. And lucky isn't even a word for the Rangers. Like, I am hyped. I am pumped. But it it's just all luck. It's all luck. I – I was like, it's Detroit's pick. But every year we always say it's this team's pick because they're the worst team in the league and they have the best odds, and they never end up getting it. But it kind of sucks because Detroit deserves it, even though they were in the playoffs for 25 straight years. That's a franchise who, honestly, for the NHL, kind of needs to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it's deserved based on the year we had last year. I mean, Detroit was just pitiful. And, you know, to say this isn't really a shocking statement, but I think – we have the worst defensive unit in the league. Yeah, and that with Mark Stahl. <laughs> I mean, he's going to help, but is he really going to help that much? He'll be great for mentoring the young guys because he's right. a great locker room guy. 
he is a goddamn traffic cone in his own zone. He is – he wasn't the same after his injuries a few years back, and he just fell off a cliff every year. He got worse and worse and worse. And I don't know how Gordon pulled off that trade, but guy's a genius. <laughs> yeah, I mean – it, we'll see what happens. I mean, Detroit being number four, like I said, I want them to pick someone who's going to help the franchise. If I was the one making the pick, Bosco, I would go get Jamie Drysdale. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice to have the Saginaw kid, Cole Perfetti, who played for the Spirit, go to Detroit and play for the Red Wings and be a part of a lineup that would maybe be Anthony Mantha, Dylan, Dylan Larkin, and Cole Perfetti. All right. I'm honestly not the biggest fan of Jamie Drysdale. He's actually not even my number one defenseman. I have Jake Sanderson. But mainly because Drysdale, he's got decent size for a defenseman. He's just – he doesn't really have a lot of muscle. He's 170 pounds, like, for a defenseman at 5'11". Even though you're 18, like, it's kind of small. And I would understand 170 if he was, like, like 5'9", like Adam Fox going into college or something, like a small defenseman. But, I mean, it's growth. Like, he's going to get stronger. But he'll be good, hopefully. The defense isn't really that deep in this draft, but the first two guys are guys who are going to play in the NHL and get some playing time. But I don't know why. (laughs) I have a feeling one of the top three teams, and I swear to God if it's the Rangers, are going to pull a 180 on a pick for some reason and maybe grab, like, Lucas Raymond or Marco Rossi. And one of the top two – the two or three guys maybe fall if it doesn't get set in stone. If you guys can grab someone like Byfield or Stutzel, that's that's franchise changing right there. And Stutzel came up to number two overall in my rankings. He was just he was good. Everyone heard about him. He was climbing up the rankings all year, and then he just took off. And the, uh, the juniors, World Juniors, had a great year in Germany, and the kids just stunned him as we're seeing with Drysaddle. The Germans can play, so he's coming in yeah, there. I- I would hope Bosco, but unfortunately, looking at it logically, I think it's very easily Lafreniere is number one, Byfield's number two, and Stuchel's number three. Like, that's not going to change. I think those three are the best three players in the draft. Yeah, I agree. That, that They're my top three. But as we saw last year, Kirby Doc won third. And no one was, when that happened, I was in the garden at the draft party. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Okay. I mean, he turned out being better than Hughes and Kakos for this rookie season, so hats off. But uh, it was a surprise to a lot of people because a lot of people questioned a lot of his playing ability if he had the, if he wanted to play still because he was kind of questioning hockey a little bit. But the kid's in the league now, and he loves it. So it, that was honestly a great third overall pick. But I had, I think I'll have Stutzel go at number two. I think L.A. would take a chance on that, and Byfield will go right to Ottawa which I'll hate playing him in the future because he's huge. He's a big-body center. He's incredible. But he's a a big-body center who can move. He's not slow by any means. Byfield's one of the great players in this draft. It's amazing how big he is and how fast he can move and what his stick movement is. I mean, seeing him play in the OHL was remarkable, how this guy was easily just so overpowering based on his size, but also he was so – just quick to be able to do things. I think if the Kings don't pick Byfield, it's a huge mistake. Byfield's going to franchise. I agree too, but I don't. I, a lot of people have Stutzel going at two, and I, I agree with some of their decision making because like they got Turcotte and stuff already. They don't want to have. They don't want to have two number one guys. 
which isn't a problem, but like at the same time, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking is, but also Suits can play uh, the wing. So that works out for them too there. But Byfield is, in my opinion, he's better, but he's, it just comes down to what the teams want. And every year it's, there's always one surprise. There's always one surprise that throws everyone off. Yeah. You know, we can look at the uh, draft and we can guess what the surprises are. And there's usually going to be a surprise and I'll be wrong and you'll be wrong, but I, don't I don't see guys just taking chances this year you know you have some of the best through USA Hockey and the Ontario Hockey League and you add Lafreniere players in there these guys are going to excel and some of these guys they don't need a lot of time I don't really think Lafreniere and Byfield needs a lot of time to get ready they're NHL ready now those guys will hop right in and play still too will take time I think it's hard especially Germans who aren't they don't really come over here and play like teams from Russia do or, like, stuff like that. Like, because Russians play the CHL in, like, a little tournament all the time every year. And, like, they get time over here. They, they don't play over here unless it's the world championship over here, if that's even happening that year. So it takes time to adjust, especially when you're playing on the bigger, bigger rank. But a, a lot for Aaron Byfield to come right in and make an impact for both teams. Uh, but for me, at four, I think you guys might be grabbing Lucas Raymond. I mean, it could happen. Like I said, there's not going to be a lot that disappoints me, but Stevie Y is going to make the right move. And, I mean, if I'm making the pick, which I'm not for many reasons, but if I'm making the pick, I, it's a defensive pick. It's um, Jake, Sanderson, uh, Jake Sanders and Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. And I, lo- I really like Jake Sanderson this year. The kid is really good in the uh, U.S. national development team. And uh, – He's just he's a bit he's pretty big and this, some of the defensemen that are farther down in the first round are the bigger defensemen the guys who are like stay home guys and he's got a good two way game and I think he'll make a pretty good impact probably probably do one year I think he's at North Dakota I believe and he'll do one year there and then come probably right into the NHL whoever drafts him maybe play half the season in the AHL get a little used to playing against men and then pull him up and see what he does. I mean, the goal would be to take Jake Sanderson or Jamie Drysdale and pair him up with Mo Sider, and Sider's able to just command the defensive unit for something that this team hasn't had since Nick Lidstrom. Yeah. We, we have had some incredibly bad defensemen. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing some of these guys stayed in the league so long. When yeah. the Wings were known as just teams with great defensemen, Chris Chelios – Nicholas Lindstrom, Brian Rafalski, they were all great. I I love Cronwall, personally. I love Cronwall. Cronwall. I didn't even say Cronwall. I should have said Nicholas Cronwall. Cronwall was one of my favorite defensemen to watch growing up. He wasn't even on the Rangers. I mean, not the Rangers didn't even have that great defense besides McDonald's. But it's just, you got spoiled. You had Datsuk, Zetterberg. You, got, you had literal legends on the team. They were all going to go down in history and who are also some of my favorite players of all time. They were all on the same team, which is just incredible thing. But also, if you think about it, it's kind of similar to what's going on in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, I think Tampa is poised to, uh, to make some sort of run, you would think. But the NHL isn't really designed to do that. That's why it's so special what Chicago and Pittsburgh were able to do or what even the Red Wings were able to do. You know, this league is very, when it comes to playoff teams, it's, it's, it's a diversity league. It brings more league players in so it commands interest and the league is just set up to where if you're a powerhouse one year there's a hard chance you'll be a powerhouse the next 
Yeah, and you can be with powerhouse one year and then fall off a little bit and then win the cup like Tampa. Yeah. Best record in the entire league, tied for the best record of all time with the Canadians. And they got swept in the first round by a wild card team. Everyone – I had Tampa in four. Like, everyone's like, what, walk, walk. This is a walk. Like, they're going to take this. They got swept by, honestly, a team that looked way better than they deserved, and it was incredible. Yeah, question to uh, Sam and then Bosco. What do you think the next couple years will be for Dallas? You know, Jamie Benn was severely disappointed in his postgame press conference yesterday, and the team has a lot of good pieces. But is this a team that's going to be able to stay up as a Western Conference contender, or are they going to be a team that kind of falls over? Um, I think Dallas has has all the pieces necessary to win the Cup. I mean, obviously they – got there and they were two wins away from doing so. Um, I think if they keep all the pieces together and next year it's somewhat of a normal hockey season, I think you're going to see them in a deep playoff run again. Um, I just think, you know, hockey is probably the only sport, one of the only sports where if you keep the same lineup, if you keep the same team around you, you're going to have a lot more chemistry, um, than if you just kind of trade trade away everybody and try to put fit in new guys. Uh, so I would have to say I would keep pretty much the entire team for Dallas because they were able to just to just dominate except in the Cup final. Um, so I would say keep them, and I see them winning a Cup in three to five years. But then again, like this is why we love. Um, Stanley Cup playoffs because literally anything can happen. It's a two-month playoff. Um, you've seen crazier shit like 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 what Tampa went through the other year. So, um, but yeah, if they if if Dallas is able to keep everybody, I see them winning the cup in three to five years. For me, Dallas, I feel like this would have probably been their year. Guys are getting out there, and age. Ben's been the captain there for seven years. He's going to get older. He's going to regress. He's still going to be a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to regress. Radulov's getting a little older. The defensive core is young, which is good for them. If they can find ways to bring it the right – if they get good prospects in this year's draft or someone works out from the past year's drafts who are late-round picks that become, like, complete sleepers that everyone wish they had, then I could see them doing it in that time frame. But it's it all comes down to if they can keep it up. And when it comes to playoff hockey – they got a playoff hockey team. They got the grit. They got the goal scoring. And also to speak on the age on their offense, Pavelski and Corey Perry, like those are some guys that are – even before they signed, they're like they're up there in age. Like uh, Pavelski kind of like – he was a late bloomer in the league a little bit, but he came through. He's one of the best American players to ever do it. And, damn, I wish he got a cup out of it. He kind of deserves one too. But you got to find yeah, a I believe he has one with San Jose. San, does he? Yes, I believe that's when San Jose won. Oh, God. What year would have that been, Bosco? Um, 2000. God, I'm going to make a guess and it's going to be wrong, but like 2007? Um, hold on. I think okay. might be right. I'm going to double check really quick. Uh, let me see. Champions. They don't have any Stanley Cups. Oh, he went to a cup with San Jose, but he didn't he win it. Cup with San Jose when they lost to Pittsburgh. I know that. 
Yes, that was him. Yep. Yeah, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20, yeah, 2015, 2016 season. Um, yeah, but he he's well-deserving. But he's as well, he's getting up there in age. He's going to regress. He, he, even though he hasn't, he's, he's like a fine wine. He gets better with age. But he's just – the age is a problem at points. And when it comes to playoff hockey, yes, you can stay physical and keep up. But if you can't keep up with the young kids who are flying around the ice nowadays, like Braden Point – who's just everywhere, every second, he's just a goddamn difference maker. The guy is making plays so fast. You're like, he, like you're losing track of him. And he's just putting the puck past everybody. He's incredible. And if you can't keep up with guys like that, you're going to fall off. And that's the biggest problem with Dallas right now. But I think if they're going to have another shot, it would have to be next year. Otherwise, they'll probably reboot their offense, like retool, and then come right back into the playoff spot. Yeah, I uh, I think as a, an NHL player, very selfishly, I would have been pulling for Dallas because they have two of the top ten players who are paid in the league. Jamie yeah. Bennett, Tyler Sager, and there's top ten when it comes to yearly pay. And you talk about these older guys who are excelling, Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. It's like, as a player, my career can't end if I go to Dallas. And if I go to Dallas, I have a better opportunity of a bigger contract than pretty much anywhere except for Toronto. Yeah. Because that's where the Maple Leafs' biggest problem is now. They have some incredibly high-paid guys, and then their third and fourth line is below average. Yeah. All right, quick question for you guys. What do you think – I mentioned it earlier when uh, we started the podcast, but what do you think about the restricted free agents this year? Do you think we'll see an offer sheet? I'd said that before. I personally think that they will have one player get tossed off a sheet, and I think it's going to be Barzal Alexander's going to have a very, very hard time trying to get the money to sign him. And if if a team does it, hats off to them. But what do you guys think? Barzell is a good option. I'm not going to say no, but, you know, not really hockey-related. I don't know what you do this offseason when it comes to, like, bigger money decisions. You don't even know when – uh, the league's going to start, you know, we've, we've heard December, maybe January. I don't know. Frankly, I don't even know if they're not even going to be in the Canadian bubbles next year. And you don't want to pass along that money for a guy where you don't even know when he's going to start playing non COVID wise. So I won't say no to Barzell. That's probably a good option, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think there's a good chance of somebody, you know, doing that to an RFA. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my final question. Like, what do you guys think is going to happen regarding the off season? And when should we start? I agree with James. Like I have a lot more questions about the bigger picture of the league. Like, are they going to pull like a, um, like a uh, NBA and like start on, you know, start around January. Are they going to try to start earlier than that? Um, So we just got to see what free agency is going to look like and all that stuff. I do see some sort of free agency period happening. Um, I just don't see players getting the big contracts that they that they deserve just because of COVID. But then again, um, switching uh, switching to baseball, like I thought, like oh, there was like no way that anyone would get a ridiculous deal, and then Mookie Betts did, right? So I mean, we'll see what happens in terms of hockey. Um, I just can't I can't see any free agency uh, signings that are massive massive deals. Yeah, the only ones that'll happen will be people re-signing, and that's it, which would be Barzell. 
Well, it's, if you two are GMs, what what are you even thinking of doing? Because like you could try to resign some of these guys who aren't bigger name people, and like say let's let's stay for a year, let's stay for a year. But you know you don't really even know if you're going to be playing in your stadium or not. So as a GM, like what do you offer Barzell right now, Bosco? Right now, that kid has so much talent and. Even though this whole thing's going on, he's getting a big deal wherever he goes. If it's an RFA signing for, to another team where they're giving up picks for him, or if he gets signed back with the Islanders, he's getting probably at the minimum six years with probably like upwards of $10 million, $9.5 million. I wouldn't be surprised if it's eleven. But if COVID happens at all, everything with like – taking money down and like be more conscious with your money. I could see him getting around 9 million, nine point nine and a half max. If that's a problem and teams aren't looking to dump money. My biggest thing is I, I gotta believe the Islanders are going to resign him. I gotta think the Islanders are going to keep him. Yeah. I've he's, done their, he's, their, he's their cornerstone for a long time. If they can resign him, like, you know, that is, that's what we did when we got, Aaron, like we just locked him up completely. Just a, he's just a, a machine. So yeah. I think Barzell can be their greatest player for a while. And they, you know, they surprised a lot of people, obviously, by going far this year. So I, I think it'd be stupid for the Islanders if they don't sign him. But yeah, I've done a lot of like research on it because. A, I'm a Rangers fan, and I kind of want the Islanders to have just the worst. I mean, time. I don't want him to get signed there, but. <laughs> oh, but like that kid, like I know a good player when I see one. That kid's nuts, like that, and that's a good team with a great coach. And they have, I think it's like just over six million, or maybe just over eight million dollars right now in cap. I'm pretty sure it's six million, and they got to free up contracts. But like looking at the players, like. If they want to keep going on a cup run, you can't get rid of Lee. You can't get rid of Everly. You can't get rid of a few people. And, uh, like, the contracts you got to move are guys like Boychuk, uh, like Andrew Ladd. Those are guys who are still on big contracts who are way past their prime, aren't really that good anymore. No one's going to want to take that on unless you're giving them, like, a crazy deal with it. Like, you're packaging in a second-round pick with it. But I don't think the Islanders want to do that. Is as well as they are winning, their farm system isn't that great, and they want to keep being good. So you want those draft picks. And if they can find a way to move some money, which they have to, like this kid's too good not to sign, you could see someone like a fan favorite falling, maybe a Josh Bailey, which would suck for them. I like Bailey. He's a good player. But it's, it's a tough move for them because you guys want to be cup winners. You want to be cup running teams for a few – next couple of years as you got the potential of one of the best coaches to ever step behind a bench and it's going to take a sacrifice for them to get there and they have some cap issues but they should resolve it and they got to resign them if they don't you got to be I think everyone on Long Island is going to be coming at Lou Lamarillo's head well the Islanders have been a team that haven't really been great for a while and what they were able to do this postseason was really great and they played they played Tampa decently well at a decently high level so I would have to think in my mind with Barry Trotz 
and you can able you can re-sign Barzell for six years. I don't know. Maybe you can entice somebody to come over. Maybe you can entice you know one of these bigger guys who are in their late twenties who you know they don't want to stay with the team they're at or they're going to be a free agent soon. Maybe you can get them over to be an Islander. Yeah, and that team's been taken off. They got a very diehard fan base. They're nuts about their team. I live on Long Island, so I know. They're they're crazy. I got tormented a lot, even though, you know, we were winning playoff games and they were playing golf when that was when I was in high school. But <laughs> uh, they, they don't care how bad their team is. They don't care how good their team is. They're going to talk smack. But they get, they're very dedicated, and they want to always every year have the best team. And they've been bad for a long time, really, really bad. And I'm sorry to say it, Islander fans, but John Tavares staying there is better than him leaving with Barry Trotz. <laughs> the guy's too good. He just left, and then you got a really good coach, and now everything's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard situation for a while, you know. Would you, would you think it would be different if Tavares stayed? I don't know how much different. It would be different. Like, it would be better, but, like, it wouldn't be – astronomically better right like everyone obviously you want like obviously you want the crosby malcolm punch everyone wants that like everyone wants those one and two insanely good centers because your center sets up everything for you it's your center the guy starts to play with the face off and then he sets up the play pretty much gets in front of the net and if you have two studs then you're just you're in like you're good you're really good and you're going to stay good as long as those two people are together. Yeah, I uh, I thought I, they still may, but I thought Toronto may have had something with Matthews and Tavares, but oh, maybe do. that's not going to work out. They they do, and I, their their power play confuses me because they like to throw Tavares up and then throw Matthews on the wing or vice versa. They switch it around sometimes. They'll have one – taking face-offs and the other taking face-offs. But at, and they have a great first unit for their power play, but, like, their second unit isn't that good because you have Alexander Kerfoot manning it. Like, toss one of them down there. You'll see a lot to change. Yeah, you know, you want, like, you want your power play to be able to excel at a high level, and okay. if the right people aren't in that position, they're not going to do it. So – to, to bring up Toronto's power plays really – it shows why they weren't able to go far in the playoffs. It's, they, they rely too much on, on their star power, which, don't get me wrong, you kind of do sometimes. They're your stars. But you got to spread them out sometimes. Find better chemistry. Don't throw them all one line because if they're not succeeding, you know damn well the second one's not succeeding. you got to split them up. Well, that's where, you know, the reason Tampa won this year is because they beefed up their third and fourth line. You know, hockey is the sport. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And if your fourth line is as good as Tampa's this year, you have a really good team. Yeah. Tampa's fourth line is nuts. Really good. Pat Maroon got back-to-back, and I love those celebrations last night. I was having a good laugh at them. Yeah, hockey celebrations are really, really good. You know, if the the Stanley Cup could tell stories, it would be the best person at the bar. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's getting – Bringing to clubs, getting drinking out of just <laughs> what did it Petrangelo like put pasta in there last year or something? Yeah, he put spaghetti in there. Yeah, that was and funny. That, most of the time, like they get like if you have a dog, they make the dog drink out of it or something. Yeah, 
that Cubs got some stories to tell, and it's been going on for a long, long time. A lot of names on that, a lot of names covered up on that cup too. Mm-hmm. So, looking forward to next season, whatever the season is, and if there's a normal hockey season with a championship, um, to wrap up the pod here, what's one team or two teams that you think uh, are like cup potential? I'll take this in. I'll go second. Uh, who has the potential to win? Um, Hard question because you don't know what the offseason looks like and everything. Yeah, um, I mean, again, like, I see, you know, Rangers, I see our, us winning at least one playoff game, right? <laughs> um, so hopefully that would, that would, that would, uh, that would, be the case and for us to get into a run. Um, but I don't think we're that ready yet. Uh, I see us, honestly, I see, um, damn, it's really hard. Uh, I see, you know, the Islanders can, if, if, if they keep Barzell, I see them going deep again, maybe going to the cup final and beating Tampa Bay. I mean, I feel like um, – it's very unpredictable to kind of predict because, you know, just like what James said earlier, like hockey is the one sport where in the playoffs, there's always a new team. There's always a new group of teams. Um, so I would, I don't know. I don't know. Um, hmm. Bosco, what are you thinking? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa comes back in. But also, the, I think the Islanders will make a run. See Boston maybe stepping it up. If they can keep Tory Krug, if not, maybe not so much. Uh, out west, I'm going to look at Vegas, Colorado. That team's nasty. I love the Avalanche. Uh, and maybe you see a team who fell out, maybe come back in. Maybe San Jose can pull it together, having a good draft pick this year. Never mind, I lied. They traded that draft pick. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe they can pull it back together. They kind of fell through completely. Um, or even Nashville can maybe step up. But I'm thinking maybe Chicago's got one last run in them. Not like a full-on run, but something they could, like, throw together, kind of like what they did this year, and put it all out on the line because Taves isn't getting any younger. And he's been digress- regressing, and same with Kaner. So, and Keith, because we left, we already left Seabrook behind. So, maybe they have a chance. Yeah, I'll start with the West first. You know, I I think either next year or the year after. You know, Vegas is going to win one, and they're very young career. Uh, they have the players to do it, and as soon as they pick a goalie and stick with them, I think that's going to help. But they'll be able to get over the hump. What they were able to do their first year against Washington was amazing. Then over the next couple of years, you're like, wow, this team is is amazing. And they've only been a team for three years. Um, from what I saw in the playoffs, I'm very high on the Vancouver Canucks. I think what they're able to do was amazing. And, you know, Quinn Hughes was one of the best rookies this year, maybe the best, whatever you want to argue. And they're able to really, really get better than what they were this year. They were the five seed in the playoffs. I think they can do better than that in the years upcoming. Um, when it comes to the East, you know, Boston's always a team that could be up there. I'm not going to take anything away from the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
But you have to think Philly can turn it around and do better in the next year. You know, the Flyers had a good group of guys, and I, I'd like to think the Flyers can do something next year, but I don't know. The team I'm circling, you, you have to think Vegas is going to get there, guys. The Vegas Golden Knights are so mm. close. You have to think they're going to get that championship soon. I think they will. And to go back on the Philly thing, with someone with firsthand experience is a diehard fan of the Rangers with the Lamy Young. That guy – can never do it. His first year with Vancouver and his first year with the Rangers, he made the cup final. And they weren't – both of them weren't his teams. They were the previous coach's team. And then as he stayed, there were more cup runs, but he never switched anything up. He loves his veterans. He doesn't play his young guys the minutes they should, especially even if they're on top. Like, I remember JT Miller was just breaking out and Kevin Hayes, and everyone's like, put him out there. They're scoring goals at the playoffs. They're, they're obviously having a good time, and they're doing well. And they wouldn't – he just kept them on their third line, wouldn't move them up, wouldn't even put some of them on the power play. Nothing was changing. And if he's still going to be the same old coach and not change a thing like he has his entire career, which I wouldn't be surprised, I don't think they're going to do it. And I honestly had them going to the final this year just because of his stat of getting to the cup final his first year as a coach somewhere and then not winning the cup. <laughs> but uh, – I guess we'll see about Philly, though. He's got it. As long as he switches himself up, I think they could do it because they have an incredibly talented team. And I, li- I like some of their players. Like, as much as I hate that Kevin Hayes went there because I'm not a big Philly guy, I love Kevin Hayes. And Claude is incredible. And so is Voracek and Provorov and Carter Hart or Katahat. I see. I'm going to make a final thing. And then I'll say uh, Vegas versus Boston in the cup final next year, Vegas and six. All right, Bosco, are you ready? <laughs> there you fucking go. <laughs> What's your cup final? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, final. I'll, take, uh, I'll take Vegas as well. Yeah, Vegas and Boston, because I don't want to say Tampa's going to get back-to-back. Not that I don't want them to, just odds are. I think I think perhaps. Yeah. All right, I'll, uh, I'll go Vegas. That seems to be the common thing, and I was very <laughs> strong on them. Um, here's my team from the East. I, I got to think Philly can do it. Like, they have the team to do it. And Carter Hart's just going to get better with, with age. So, I'll go Philly. I'll go Philly, Vegas. All right. And there you have it. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the first episode of the Top Shelf Talk brought to you by SportsMe. Go and download the SportsMe app and listen to our takes regarding hockey and regarding every other sport that exists. Uh, please be sure to subscribe and download all the podcasts, which are on Spotify. Just search on Spotify, Sports Me Podcasts. And uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Thank you, guys.